Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Eurobash. Jesus, I forgot. 50 of them. 50 of them. On the anniversary of Maymac, the greatest sporting spectacular of all time. <laughs> I was sweating, man. This time two years ago, I was in Las Vegas at 49 degree heat, pumping sweat. That Yeah, you went. I didn't bother yeah. my arse, but... Um, you know, you uh, got to see history, uh, there's no doubt about that, in some way or shape or form. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was, it's a big one. Uh, a lot happened this weekend. We had uh, a furious Bellator card with 14 finishes and 14 fights. Um, fantastic stuff. Uh, we also had that big Conor McGregor exclusive um, with Ariel Hawani that has set the forum threads abuzz. Um Lots and lots going on, Noel. But before all that, let's take a look at the headlines. This me just very happy today. This me making up the music. All right, here we go. Sergey Karatanov stops Matt Mitrione in their Bellator two 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 five two two five main event rematch. Uh, very controversial there with uh, Mitrione's mouthpiece. We'll talk about that a bit later on. Uh, he's always mad. Uh, some bookings for y'all. Molly McCann, who joins us this week, will take on Diana Belbita. And Darren Stewart uh, will take on Darren Wynn uh, on that Boston card on October 18th. Also announced this week, Stevie Ray v. Michael Johnson, Sergei Pavlovich v. Maurice Green, and Cyril Gann against Don Mays for Singapore on October 26th. That looks like a really good card. That's with uh, Moya and Ben Askren at the top of that. Um, we had teased it. It was teased um, by Bellator, of course, and we found out last week that it is former rugby international James Haskell who was signed on the dotted line for the promotion, and we have the best man in the world oh, to yeah. tell us about that. An Irish rugby legend himself, Noel McGraw, of course. Um, another booking here from Bellator. bit confused about this one, and I have talked about this a number of times on the podcast. It's John Salter versus Coslo Van Steenis, and that's going to headline Bellator 233 on November 8th. My situation was there. Uh, Van Steenis fought Shipman. Fabian Edwards fought on the same card. The winners should have fought off against each other. It should have had the public absolutely buzzing for it. But unfortunately, the feed went dead in our neck of the woods for those two fights. So, no excitement built. I think um, they're missing a beat by not putting Van Steenis against Fabian. But who am I to say? Um, also, uh, Mason Jones, his opponent has been announced for that Cardiff show, 108. Uh, he's going to be taking on Alexi Montekivi, um, who I believe is the last man to beat Soren back. So that's a very interesting one there for the lightweight division. Long back. Exactly. And finally, a <laughs> uh, huge fight this. And I was really blown away by the reaction to this. Dean Truman v. Morgan Charrier um, will, t- will take on each other at the Birmingham show at 109. Bam. But man... Charrier's fan base is mental. Did you see the amount of traction that got? It was... Me- like, I'm still getting notifications in French. Yeah. I have no idea what the people are saying. Like, I think it had, like, uh, like over a thousand interactions, like, uh, from the fa- from uh, the Twitter the Twitter uh, post that the cage yeah, put out. It's it's definitely... Um, French is buzzing now, it isn't is it? It's buzzing, man. It's, and it's what people don't, don't understand the size, obviously. You know, France is... is like, Paris alone, man, is, is a massive, massive city, and... The amount of nationalities there as well, obviously. Yeah. It, it really, it, you know, it's it, it's a hotbed, and I think I'm really just looking forward to seeing what happens there when the UFC go there, especially. It's going to be class. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. I must admit that. Now, <clears throat> let's get on to our talking points for this weekend. The McGregor interview. Um, huge, obviously, big interview. Um, probably one of the most prominent places an MMA segment has ever been. Uh, a whole sports center dedicated to one interview, of course, with the 
most polarizing figure in our sport, Conor McGregor. Um, there has been lots of reaction to this. Um, but I guess, uh, how did you feel about it? You watched it, I watched it. Um, yeah, I stayed up live to watch it. Um, I won't tell you where I watched it. All right, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, it was very interesting. I think I, I tweeted that I felt, um, you know, looking at McGregor, uh, that he seemed a little bit confused, a little bit all over the place. But, I agree. Um, it was, it was, it was hard to judge. Really, I felt, you know, was he sincere? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, he he seems to be calling out everyone in that interview, which I, I found <laughs> pretty bizarre as well. Frankie Edgar was was prominently mentioned yeah. as well. Frankie's come out and obviously had a few words to say on Instagram. Uh, well, probably Ali, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was very interesting, Petey, and I just I felt very confused watching. It. I thought he was just all over the shop, but he actually looked healthy, looked better. I don't know, but I thought he looked. So, I thought no. he looked worn down. I, I feel like. Maybe like, a lot of pressure, though. I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying, but I have never seen him like that before. I know Connor ten yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never seen him that um, worried. I'd say, um, kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, um, I agree. But another thing I would say on top of what you're saying there is, um, you found it hard to really believe anything he was saying, and in past years we would have. Eating that shit up. Everybody would have. The yeah. whole fan base. We we've seen this from a long time because we're in Ireland. We've seen uh, the fan base slowly turning, but it, he's nearly completely backed up against the wall at this stage. Yeah, I don't see right. anybody supporting him. Um, you know, he just he looks. He seemed a bit all over the place. And um, well, you know yourself. as you're saying, he's saying the right things, but the only way to actually prove it is to do things you know like you can say all the right say stuff all you want but until you have a clean run of a yeah. year without any of these controversies going down it's going to be very hard to take his is uh to take his word seriously like i mean what i noticed was a huge criticism of his khabib camp a massive criticism oh, huge. But, but with everything huge. he said right he he would say something and then slightly retract it like he was um, there was no definite statements like i mean he started off and he was talking about, you know, how it hurt him to see the footage of, of uh, the alleged incident in the pub. Yeah. And then Ariel says to him, so you're admitting it. Do you admit that you hit that man? And he's, oh, it's a bit hazy. And I'm mm. sure that's a legal situation or something like that. But with the John Kavanaugh situation. That was the most interesting thing for me. Yeah, he kept on saying, like, the ca- it was a half a camp. Uh, he had a broken foot. Um, he wasn't happy with uh, John saying he hadn't watched the fight. He had already watched it thousands of and, times. And then says later on in the interview, I need to rekindle my relationship uh, with John. Just Cameron. like well, it's like, very confusing. Yeah, you know, I think that's where Connor's at at the moment. I think he is confused, confused himself, yeah. and I, that's what I, that was the words I would have taken away. If you're asking me to sum up the interview, I would have said confusion, a confused Connor McGregor. But also, like, I mean, if his foot was broken. And John Cavanaugh's the head coach. How is he sending him out? Yeah. Like, I mean, is he in a situation now where if Connor says he's doing it, he has to go with it? Like, yeah. I mean, and is that a healthy situation? You know, I've said this before, right? I don't see the issue if Connor, you know, went off to the States and did a fight camp. You know, we see it a lot, and I got a little bit of criticism on Twitter. I put it out during the week there after the interview that, you know, sometimes a fresh start is the best thing that will ever happen to a fighter. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not. But we're at the point now where I think... You need um, to try something. You need to try something because obviously last time it didn't work. You know, Connor seemed, um, from what he said in that interview as well, that there was a lot, you know, he felt very frustrated with, obviously, with the fight camp. So, you know, if this is happening, if there's these issues in the fight camp, do something else. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to go back on your words. Sometimes, oh, I'll never leave, you know, SBG. And a fresh set of eyes on it's, you. It's, that's you know? It's, it's, you know, it completely rejuvenate. Look, for instance, a guy's fighting in two weeks' time, Paul Felder. Yeah. 
you know, went to Riva Sports, you know, looked fantastic. Numerous fighters, obviously some guys it doesn't work out for, but we're at a point now with Conor McGregor, it's shit or get off the pot, and it is last chance saloon. You know, if he loses his next fight, as you said, to me, off air last week. I we said it, I tweeted this. it, like, you know, like, people people were jumping down my neck because I compared it to Woods right, and Fury. I'm not comparing their situations. What I'm saying is, sport, when you win, you, you get people back you. on people, side. People love you when, this you, when you're winning. Is, it's a winner's game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, you know, people people were kind of saying, and fair play, like, I mean, I, I didn't mean this when I was saying it, but people are pointing out, of course, that uh, Tyson Fury, which I've talked about a lot in this podcast, about Come his be, uh, becoming an advocate for mental health and saying, like, this is completely different. Have you have you been watching Connor for the last two years? Are you trying to tell me that you don't believe a slight bit of mental situation is going on here? Like, it's completely erratic behavior. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, this is the first step on a long road back, um, as far as I'm concerned. And people that are saying it's a PR thing, every interview is PR. Every it's public interview. relations. Yeah. It's them getting their word out to you. So every interview of all time has been PR. I I don't know if that's a, a shocking yeah, revelation. I don't know to where you. that came from. Oh I was like, God. holy shit! Like, what, what do you think their agent is employed for? Yeah, it's like, do you know what I mean? We deal with these guys. Some of the reactions they want to get so a message base, out there. Uh, just crazy stuff. But um, yeah, listen. Uh, uh, it is shit or get off the pot, as you said there, and I think the next step for him... It's not blowing know, over. Yeah, and listen, I don't know if he's going to get in there before the end of the year as well. I think by listening to him at the interview the other night, there seems to be a lot of things that are unresolved mm. that should be literally resolved fucking eight months ago. This time last year nearly, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, when was the fight? October, was it okay? So maybe, you know... Before Christmas, they should have sat down and, and ironed this all out, and you know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a longer time. Yeah, I, I, I think I we can see twenty twenty easily. I do, and I think, um, I think the opponent is going to be very important because, as you said, once um, those eyes come off you, which they have quite considerably over the last number of months. And listen, you know, living here, and I don't think anyone really, you know, all the journalists can talk what they want in the world that are living in the US. In terms of Connor here, it's a like you know, obviously the states is a lot. It's bigger. the worst it's ever been. It's the worst it's ever been, hands down. I said that on the radio the other day when I was on. I was chatting about it. You know, anyone who talks here brings up McGregor. You know, t- to me or you especially because we're involved in this game for so long that you know it's always negative these yeah. days. There's nothing ever ever thrown to you that's positive about Connor McGregor. Very very rarely. But I, like I will say, and something a point that I've always made about Connor is like, at a certain time he could only go down. He was being held up as this St. Patrick. Like, he, he was the patron saint of Ireland. There's yeah, it, was, only, it was a bit silly. You can only go down. Of course it was. <laughs> it was. But you can only plummet after that. There yeah. is no... Like, when you've taken on a mythological stance... But the fall has been so drastic oh, yeah. in the last Crazy. year. Oh, yeah. Crazy. It's been... Look, when we're... I, I, we don't even recognise the guy that we see in some of these clips that no. are coming out. Like, I mean, it's... It, it it's it's not great and it's not great for the sport in Ireland. It's not great for the sport It's not great for the sport in Europe. Or yeah. in general, yeah. But one thing I also... Uh, it's just his... His uh, revision of, of what happened in the Khabib fight. Like, you know, it's the anniversary. It's the two-year anniversary of Maymac. And all the way through that uh, build-up to that fight, he was talking about if this was a full fight, if this was a full fight and not just the hands. And then he's given out because Khabib, noted for his wrestling skills, is taking yeah. him down. I mean, which one is it? Yeah, well, uh, you know. Is that not a full fight? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I don't know where he's getting that from. It's bizarre. I just hope, like, I mean. <sighs> you know, Look at the tactics of that fight. Weird. Very strange. Well, he, he throwing leg, he throwing leg kicks and, and kicks in the, against a guy who's going to put you on your ass in the, in the first round. Odd, odd stuff, um, in my opinion. But, you know, in terms of opponents, you know, the names have been thrown out there. Um, 
I don't even think we're close to thinking about opponents. I don't think we are, but was is he setting something up there about what he's saying? I think that was another interesting thing to Well, which of the eight it. people do you think well, he's going to fight that he mentions? Well, <laughs> well, and I know this is no disrespect to, to Frankie, but, you know, Frankie... Um, a smaller guy, um, you know, they were obviously supposed to throw down before. It was it was rumoured after the, the Mendez fight when Frankie yeah. was up by the cage and all that never materialised. Well, listen, Frankie's a very different fighter. He's not near as good a fighter as he was um, back then, um, whatever, that was four years ago. Is Connor anywhere near? No, he's not. He was? No, well, not from what we saw against Habib. So, you know, maybe he's he's pitching for something... Um, that, that might put him over. So. And that's exactly what he said in Frankie. He was like, he fights similar to yeah. Khabib. That's what he said to uh, to Ariel. But um, a wild, a wild situation. And, um, you know, it's not going away. Uh, he needs to start seriously making amends here. Like, I mean, it's, it, I've yeah. never seen such a backlash. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be very tough in Ireland. Oh, stop. To, to, to get, I don't think he will win back the fans in this country. <clears throat> well, definitely not to where they were. Yeah. That was never going to be recovered. Yeah. But, um, Roy, I think we've we've talked that the, the wheels off that, have we? Or do you have any more uh, points to make? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, um, I, I would like to see something different. Um, that's something I've taken away. And, and, and there seems to be a little bit of resentment as well. Um, you know, c- confusion and resentment. I think we're, we're sort of, we're trying to figure out what he was actually saying there but if you're if you're if you're still going on about that eight months later about your coach not watching back the fight he was asked about it though yeah i know but like you know he's changing his mind two minutes later listen i i wouldn't mind seeing him getting out of the country and doing something and starting fresh just to see if it can rejuvenate the guy yeah 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 i agree now we're gonna have to put you back in the spot um (laughs) to talk about james haskell um mixed reaction to this i talked to a lot of fighters who were saying like you know, fighters who have been lifelong fighters saying like this, and, and it's not the first time it's happened. CM Punk, um, Greg Hardy, all these guys, uh, Jack Swagger, of course. You know, they think it cheapens the sport to just see an athlete from a different sport come in. Like I saw Paddy Hulan uh, conversing with Carl Pendred in your thread. Yeah, uh, you were kind of talking to Carl about it, and Carl had great, you know, things to say about James. And then I saw Paddy, and it is a, it is a, a point. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. Alan Philpott was in there as well. Yeah, but who who's to say like one of these lads can't run out on the pitch for Ireland? Like what the rugby community would la- be lambast MMA fighters if that was the case, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I, you know, I get that point, but you know, the, in terms of promotion and, and things like that, Bellator need talking points. Listen. Sky Sports, especially Channel Five, especially exactly. And I think the link you have with James Haskell is he's worked on Sky quite a lot in the past, being um, you know a pundit. He's obviously. 77 caps for England. Sent me a good uh, video of him there. I did, drunk, uh, <laughs> after, uh, after uh, beating South Africa a number of years ago. Um, listen, the, the guy is a talking point, and we said this last week on the show, that we were concerned that Bellator um, don't have many promotional tools at the moment or anything that's pulling them in um, to get eyes on them. And listen, this guy, for example, um, compared to a lot of other sort of guys that have walked in or come into the sport, there seems to be a real sort of logic or thought behind it for the last number of years, not just now. Like, he's been training five or six years, mate. And I think it's a little bit different towards other guys. But I, I understand the frustrations from guys like Alan Philpott and, you know, Alan's had a hard road. He's been all over, you know, shows all over around the world. And, yeah, it is frustrating for these guys. But at the end of the day, if there's no eyes on the sport, um, how... Uh, you know, how are these uh, promotions going to succeed on, you know, mainstream television? And I think you have to understand as well that you need guys like this to put eyes on the sport, to pay your wages 
and for you to get exposure, you know, ultimately, you should be accepting it and embracing it, really, because mixed martial arts has, has, has generally had sort of elements like that okay. since the foundation of the sport. But if people are tuning in to MMA for the first time ever and uh, they tune into a Bellator card yeah. and it's, it's, it's James Haskell and it's Aaron Chalmers, people who don't have the same level of yeah. MMA that should be reflected at the pinnacle yeah, of the sport, that. which is Bellator, is that not a bad look for MMA when it's like, you know... Um, and look, Aaron. Aaron has won me over. He has continued to fight. He's continued down yeah, this road. Yeah, he's impressed me. I slated yeah. him at the start, and I've, I've definitely. So did I. Done a I U-turn. told him in the yeah. interview myself. Yeah. Look, yeah. I gave you a hard time, yeah. but is that not a bad thing for a European audience to be seen? Like they're getting familiar with Bellator for the first time ever. Yes, they're they're tuning in to see James Haskell, the former international rugby player. Is it not a bad thing for them to tune in and see low level MMA and possibly Haskell fighting? You know, a can. For, for want of a better word. Yeah, it is. It is. It is to a certain extent. But, you Do, know, did the positives outweigh the, the negatives? I, th- I think it's a little bit of both, really. I, th- I think you have, to have, um, you have to have guys like this in order to get a larger audience sometimes on it. And Bellator, as we've criticised them for, they haven't done a great job with getting this European market to where it should be. And I think this could be a desperation tactic maybe to get James Haskell on board. And yeah, listen, someone could, could tune in and James could su- surprise us and he might be bloody good. He might go in and knock someone out. And then they might stick around and watch the other fights. You know, it's risk and reward. It depends what way you look at it. But, you know, I think it's a good thing. I'm not um, too disconcerned about that, but um, very much looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be something interesting we can, uh, we can look forward in the future. Right, um, we, we spoke about it at the top of the show. Um, maybe uh, it would be good for you to call in a word with your good friend Mark Henry, who yeah, is, of course, yeah. the coach of uh, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, Mark's going to join us now in, in a few minutes um, uh, to talk about, obviously, the rumours that are going around. And Frankie's come out and, and spoke this evening, so we'll get Mark's view on him. Absolutely. We will see you very, very soon. Thank you very much. It's been a while, and it's actually his first time on this show, on the new Eurobash show on MMAfighting.com. Well, it's not new, we're, we're 50 episodes in. A good old friend of mine, and he's just turned 21 this weekend. It is Coach Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark, how are you, my friend? Great to speak to you. Happy uh, happy good belated up, birthday. Thanks so much, my friend. Like I said, I don't know how you found out my age, but you must have <laughs> somebody close to me. Frankie must have told you my age. <laughs> what, is, what is the real age? Go on, tell me. Let our, let our listeners know, Mark. 20, 21. 21, it is. 30. <laughs> You're off by 10 years. It's 31. Some good celebrations. Uh, you just told me there off air that you're uh, you're, you're extending the, the, the restaurant, Pino's Pizza. Yeah, well, um, just um, or, you know, a place close to my, a place that I've been for 24 years, a, you know, building we bought and, uh, you know, real excited about that. We should be open in November, so. You know, it's going to be about like three, four times bigger. So, I'm real excited. Brilliant, brilliant. So, if I haven't, st- I still haven't got over to to try out the the legendary pizza. So, I'm going to have to get over. Hopefully, the the MSG card, and I might pop out to New Jersey and grab a slice. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to be having brilliant stuff all right mark i want to get I, I wanted to get you on obviously to talk about conor mcgregor's interview um last week with ariel harani on uh, espn um and he mentioned frankie edgar he said um that that's a fight that very much is interest him on his return first of all i want to get your thoughts um on what conor mcgregor said in that interview you know uh, you know I don't know, you know, people's opinions are, but, you know, I thought he was pretty genuine. And, uh, you know, I think now with age, you know, he's a little older. And, you know, he's now five or two. You know, I, I really think he's going to turn things around. I pray he is, you know, for him. 
you know, uh, I know there's a lot of good he does that you don't know. You know, I know you think he's done that he keeps quiet about the amazing things he's done. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he's really going to turn the corner here, and I think he's going to do right. You know, I mean, that's, it's tough to, you know, judge him, you know, the start of that he had. I mean, if you would have told me he was fighting, uh, I don't know, Cyber, that he's going to fight Mayweather one day. Yeah, I would have honestly thought I'd see a pig fly before, you know. I would I would see him, and I'm serious. I'm not joking. So, I mean, what he's accomplished and what he goes through every day, and he runs one inch from his face. I mean, that can't be easy, and never having ever seen, you know, wherever he goes. So, you know, unless which I've never been through that, and, you know, and less than one percent of the world has, you know, it's it's hard to judge him for that. But um. I realize he's done a lot of good. You know, the things that he's yeah. done, too. I mean, you have to think he's a fighter. So like, mm. well, well, not, you know, a guy that went to uh, Harvard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, the CEO, he's a fighter, mm. you know, and he grew up, in a, you know, grew up being a fighter. He grew up, you know, with small means. And, um, you know, it's a different mindset. And, uh, well, you know, I think... You know, he's done a little cover for fine. Well, well, obviously the incident came out, Mark, uh, with him hitting um, the customer in that pub here in uh, in, in Dublin. Um, what was your thoughts on, on that incident? Yeah, I think it's wrong. I, you know, I think it's not cool at all. You know, you hit someone that's defenseless and, and not ready. You know, but I'm kind of throwing it under what I said, man. It's, yeah. He's just got a lot going on in his life, and it's definitely... I mean, a big mistake, but, you know, thank God the guy didn't get hurt. Mm. You know, like you said, it's 100% wrong. And the guy just there enjoyed his time. Yeah. And, uh, you know. If the boot was on the other foot and it was one of your fighters that got in an incident like that, how would you how would you reprimand your fighter? Um, You know, that's all, I've been blessed. You know, we kind of can choose the guys that we've had. We've had other people on a, in our gym, too, that, we said no to him, and, you know, we kind of hit people that, you know, that, are, that have, you know, most people, most of our fighters are all family people, you know, they all have kids, yeah. they all, uh, you know, even like Frankie, when Frankie first started, people would egg on, or people would say stuff to him, even fighters, and, you know, he'd be mad, but oh, just ignore it, I'm like, you make them more mad if you ignore it, mm. you know, mm. that you don't even think two seconds of them. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, you know, how we, uh, they, you know, they're in the interview, the excuses with, with, uh, when he loses, the excuses. I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah. Khabib, that's why I love my fighters, Marlon and Frankie, Eddie, all the fighters I had, the girls, Corey. They never make excuses, you know. They lose, they give, uh, 100%. Congratulations to the opponent. And that's it. You know, Frankie, I mean, I could, I have documentary stuff for Frankie being hurt too badly. Yeah. But, you know, after who just say anything, you know, especially Frankie. Frankie's never made an excuse in his life. So. Besides that, you know, I, I really believe the things that he said. I think he's going to turn it around. And there's so many things all about him. Yeah. What he says, how he loves fighting and talking about why do you tweet. I mean, those things really, you know, as a fan or as a person, and the guy really loves and you know, to hear some of it, I was really blown away. 
by the dancers, you know, like me, you know, why, why do you tweet? Because I love it. I'm watching from the prelims to whatever. I think that's amazing. Especially a guy, Connor Savage, you know, and, uh, you know, I believe what he says. So, well, well, what did you, what you, did know, you think about? I think it's going to be great. What did you think about his comments uh, towards Frankie then? He, he sort of implied in that interview that in so many words that he thinks Frankie would be um, a good sort of warm-up for a rematch with Habib. Was that a little bit disrespectful to Frankie because Frankie's a former UFC lightweight champion? Um, he didn't want to fight Frankie before. He had many opportunities too. I think he didn't want to fight him. Like, you know, his, he had, a, you know, no chances. He had uh, Mendez, when he knew that Mendez wasn't in a camp and that he was filming a, a hunting show and that he hadn't trained in a long time. And he knew that Frankie does train all year round. And this was his perfect timing to fight Frankie. Mendez just lost a four to Aldo. So Frankie in that week, too, that week, Frankie was picked ahead of Chad, too. And they switched him fast after Chad got the fight. The week that Chad did get the fight, Frankie was ranked ahead of him. So he was ranked ahead of him. He had more wins than him. At that time, Chad just, just lost, mm. you know, I think two fights prior to the title fight. He had him training, and he had the opportunity to fight Frank again. He turned it down, and then he made a statement and said, then when Frankie and Chad did fight, without Frankie and Chad for each other, I remember him saying that Frankie going to lose and then if Frankie does win that, he would fight him. He beat Aldo, which that happened too. And then he didn't fight Frankie again that time. So, you know, there's been a ton of excuses. But, yeah, I think all in all, he's uh, pretty much when he's bashed a lot of other people, he's been pretty respectful to Frankie. And Frankie's been pretty respectful to him. Have you spoken? Frankie is to everybody. Have you spoken to Frankie about the potential of this fight? Because obviously, um, I saw the tweet there or, and the uh, Instagram post that Frankie said, you know, he's willing to put his um, one thirty-five pound division move on hold to fight Conor McGregor. What have what have your conversations been like fra- with Frankie? And what has Frankie said? No, Frankie would love to fight him. He always wanted to fight him. I mean, Frankie always wants to fight the best guys. I mean, that's not unlike him, you know. And. Um, yeah, I think Connor's that way too. You know, I know Connor didn't fight Frankie, but Connor's one of the only guys he takes fights on last second. He's not afraid of anything. He felt injured. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. So many guys, you know, they don't want to fight when they're going to get hurt. I mean, look at Frankie. Yeah. Frankie's supposed to fight Max. He gets hurt. And he takes, uh, or take in two seconds. You know? And that's, I believe, that Connor is, so, you know, Connor's just a guy that loves to fight. So I think, you know, they're perfect for each other. You have spoken in the past and you think it's been along the sort of lines that you think maybe Frankie's Connor's kryptonite. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, I, I always thought it was, you know, and I still think it is today. I think Frankie definitely, you know, definitely do want him. How's not that? It, not that he roll him over or anything, you know, kind of thing. I think it'd be a great fight. What's your relationship now like? I know that you had a bit of a frosty relationship with the guys in SBG with John Cavanaugh. Is that something you'd like to rekindle again, test your sort of wills against a guy like John? No, honestly, I don't even see the guy. <laughs> you know, we're busy. I don't even see him. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think we're busy, honestly, to uh, even. I don't see him, and I really don't think about it. The truth, until you just brought it up. First time I thought about it in a long, long time. <laughs> Would you would you like to go up against John again? And I want to get your thoughts on what Connor said about nah. maybe. Nice. I'll pass on it. 
No. Whatever. No, thank you. What did you think of that? That was an interesting point. I to concentrate on my. I concentrate on my thoughts. I thought that was an interesting point of the interview as well, Mark. That um, you know, Connor sort of said he hadn't really spoken with John since um the fight. You know, how would you perceive that as a coach when your fighter is sort of saying things like that, that he hadn't watched back the video and things like that? What would your thoughts be on what Connor sort of said about the relationship between himself and his coach? I don't know. I just, you know, it, you, know you, you don't really know. It's not fair. Someone like to judge on the outside. I wasn't there and involved in the camp. Every camp is so different. And I know Connor is being pulled from many directions. You know, he could be hard to get in touch with. So it could be hard for. Kavanaugh even set up, you know, scheduling that even you know, a regular fighter does. I'm sure, you know, there's two stories to every, everything. I'm sure John Kavanaugh has, you know, some things about that he tried to maybe. And it's tough because Connor's popular and being pulled from a million directions. So, you know, I'm sure there were things also. Yeah. Fair enough. Has there been any talks with the promotion? Have they reached out about the potential of this fight happening? And you know, I think Madison Square Garden, if this fight was to go ahead and happen, will be an ideal place. It'd be perfect. You know, I know Connor loves New York. I know he loves the fight there. Frankie's loves the fight there. So it'd be perfect for both. Have the UFC you know, reached out to you guys? I mean, you make it happen right now. You'll sign for Connor, and I'll sign for Frankie. <laughs> Uh, uh, have the UFC been in touch about any of that potential or is it too early at this stage don't worry about that let's just about me and you sign it draft something <laughs> we'll have it we'll have it we'll have it it'd be a great fight I think I, you know I'd love to see it I think it would be uh, be one for the fans I think it's it's long overdue Mark as we've said many many a time about Frankie and Connor's um, fighting styles I think it'd be a fantastic match for uh, for the fans and media and everyone around the world to see all right mark just before we let it go you know do you do you, do you honestly think we're going to see conor mcgregor and frankie egger by the end of the year like i said it's like you send over the document i'll sign you sign it's happening perfect it's happening you and i said we've said this for years mark i'm probably talking about it for a long you know i think it's like one of those fights too that you talk about it so long you know that it should happen you know what i'm saying so I think yeah. that should definitely happen or to be always questioned. Yeah. No, I, know, I, I, I totally agree, man. I like Connor saying it. I like Connor saying it. I know yeah. a lot of people question him, you know, especially Destiny when he had to pick between Mendes and Frankie. Yeah. And he knew that Mendes had him in training mm. for a while. Yeah. If, he, if Mendes was training, it would, have been, you know, it would have been bad for him. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a fight we should have seen, you know, definitely happen a long, long time ago. It was a shame, so I'd love to see it happen now. What just just a couple more, Mark. What weight class does this fight have to happen at? Um do you still can till still think Connor's gonna be able to get down to forty five and would that be the ideal weight class for for you guys? Yeah, I think forty five would be great. You know, even fifty, forty five, like that. You know, that's you know, that's cool. But, you know, I think Connor's a professional man. I mean that, and you look at him too when he cuts weight. I mean, I remember his last when he cut with Aldo have to book, but yeah. But I mean, he is a true professional man, and uh, guys never miss a week. You got to give him credit. Yeah. You know, I think there's so many things I may have said in the past. Man, he's he's an amazing fighter, and what he's done, unimaginable. And uh, you know, it's I don't think I think there's Ali, and I think there's him, and nobody's going to be like 
time again and um, the things that he's accomplished. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost a miracle. You know, and I really, really hope that it sounds to me he's changed, you know, he sounds like a different dude to me. I really believe he is. He's, he's a dad with two kids now. It's yeah. tough, man, when you're that young. It's really tough when you're that young. Not only tough when you're that young, but you come from a fighting background. You know, so I think he's definitely going to turn around. It's not like he, I thought what he did the last time was so great, but it's not like he, like, you know, everything he's done has been in that fighting realm. You know, that fighting mindset, whether good or bad, he has done like, you know, something that yeah. is totally terrific. Definitely. You know, I want the best of the family, the best, and I believe he's, he's going to kill it now, you know, with everything he does. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can turn things around and listen. Uh, I think we've both said it for for long enough. We, I think this fight's long overdue. And listen, Mark, enjoy this birthday celebrations. It's always a pleasure to catch up with my friends. Uh, I hope you're keeping well, and I uh, do appreciate you coming on and taking the time out for me again today. You got it, brother. Awesome talking to you again, buddy. Beautiful conversation there between Noel McGrath and Mark Henry, two of my favorite people in the whole world. Um. Interesting stuff there, for sure. But uh, let's take a look at what happened last weekend at Bellator 224. What are you laughing for, Noel? I'm not laughing at nothing, Pete. I'm deadly serious. I'm starving. <laughs> Hungry. I'll eat a horse right now. I swear to you God. You'd eat a horse's ass through a tennis racket. There you go. But, um, right, Sergei Karatanov and Matt Mitrione. Very interesting for Matt Mitrione. He comes out and says, it was nothing to do with my mouthpiece, and then describes why it was probably something to do with his mouthpiece. <laughs> Um, Matt's it, one of these guys he always makes excuses he, no, he, he just loves making but I mean it, it was blatantly affecting him the, the mouthpiece yeah. came out five six times like, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. probably four but um, you know and then just before the finishing sequence the, the mouthpiece hits the ground the referee goes off after the mouthpiece looking for it and he, he eats that uppercut and it's game over um, that's a, that's going to be a tough one for Mitrion to take uh, but Serious finish from uh, Karatanov, like um, a dangerous, dangerous European man, as we all are. Savage. Uh, Vitaly Minikov really impressed me in the co-main event. He had that late notice change of opponent, Timothy Johnson, who we know is the best hash in the game. Um, Minikov manhandled him and then just finished him. Uh, beautiful shots against the fence there to finish that up. Um, also, uh, Asimov against David Rickles. He looked tremendous. Uh that's 22-0 now for the Ukrainian. Is that 22-0? Holy that's, mother of God. That is a serious, serious record. And, and Rickles has had more fights in Bellator the than Cayman, anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, fair play to him. Did you see Nick Newell's finish of Corey Yeah, Browning? it was savage. savage. That, that was really impressive, savage. wasn't it? Savage. Um, what a guy. And he's, only, like, he's not even guaranteed that he's, he's going to be back with Bellator. It's only a one-fight deal. They're going to have to have to get him back on shortly. They definitely have to sign him on. They definitely have to sign him after that. Um, moving down to the, the the rest of the card, Ricky Bandejas got back to winning ways. Uh, Roy Hook finish of Ahmet Karetli. Um, Austin Vanderford, uh, Mr. Van Zandt, got off uh, to a good start. I there. think he's gonna, I think that's going to stick with him after Ariel's interview today. Yeah, yeah. back in <laughs> your box. Yeah, big time. But um, Austin Vanderford obviously going up to middleweight this time and got the second round finish via doctor's stoppage due to a cut. Um, so, and did you see uh, Salib Hamasi's heel hook finish? It was like 11 seconds. 11 was seconds 17 in. seconds. Was it 11? I it's it was topology are telling me All 17. Right. Okay. But uh, look at young Peter Carroll there. Just ran across. It was. I, I was going to I was gonna tweet out, did, did he get it from uh, this flying seal jiu-jitsu? I'm actually known as the cobbler when I'm working <laughs> the legs. 
Oh, so is your for a pair of shoes sake. handy? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a. It really was unreal. I'm watching it here again uh, on Twitter. Just flew Holy across shit, the ring. Man. Let me let me let me have a look at that shoe, mate. It's unreal, unbelievable. But I mean, that was Techers. a re- that's a really good card for Bellator it, at a like a weekend where there's no UFC to it's come. A rec- it's a record, isn't it? Fourteen is, is it? Kaposa saying like he doesn't think it, like Kaposa mm. watches a fierce amount yeah, of MMA, man. So he's gonna look. I'm pretty sure ACB had a few cards like this. Well, ACB had about six hundred fights probably <laughs> on the card. So like that, some of their cards are deep, man. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but uh, yeah, a very very good card. Um, I don't know if Ryan Bader will be jumping up and down uh, at the thoughts of Karatanov. But, no, um, you know, not. like, what do you think of... I was only thinking about this today, right? September 14th is that KSW card. If if Phil DeFreeze gets rid of Grabowski, he's effectively cleared out that division. Why not do heavyweight KS... Because they've been flirting with that idea for a while, KSW and Bellator. What about Phil DeFreeze versus Ryan Bader? Be savage. Like, I think I that's a it. serious fight. Like, Yeah, I really would like it. Um, Phil looks a different guy with yeah, KSW. You, you just don't know what Bellator's man's are. That's, you know, it, it really is as simple as that. And we talked, obviously, last week about the Haraguchi situation and the, the way the, the belt mess up there. Um, it sort of devalues their titles a bit. So if they're not willing to really make a commitment with these promotions and, and do something, you know, not just for one, one you know, fight card, for, for a number of fight cards, it's probably pretty pointless doing it. Yeah, but it did stimulate a lot of interest, that rising crossover. No, no, I, no, I, no, I totally agree with but that. But you just want a continuance. You, you, need to, you need a continuance. You need to know where this is at, if it's going to continue or not. It, there's no use sort of doing it for a, for a once-off. It's, you know, what's, what's the point? Yeah. You know, do two or three of them, do a series. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, if 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 they did it with KSW, I think it would be a huge thing in terms of marketing in Eastern Europe too. Well, I think KSW jumping that as well because we because they we, need it wings in here, like they need to spread in here. So they, they're gonna do a card in the US uh, in twenty twenty. They as, did say that, yeah. As far as um, what Martin Lewandowski was saying, so you know, it makes sense for them. I don't understand why it wouldn't make sense for uh, for Scott Coker and those guys, and you know, they could even do something in, in Europe. Yeah, why yeah. not? They KSW versus would. Bellator in Europe would be amazing. It would actually a whole card, yeah. Champ, well, yeah. they weren't going to champion v champion. I wouldn't say, but that would be fucking unbelievable yeah, if they did be that. Savage. Man. Or even you know, put the KSW belts on the line against um, you know, David Big Show coming up, and maybe do it after that. I, I just think something like that would be really cool. It would, it would get Roberto Saldich in the mix over there. That yeah. would be fucking mental. definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, we'll move on to our second interview of the day. It's Miss Molly McCann, a fan favorite <laughs> on Eurobash. Uh, she brought the heat as usual. Yeah, oh, man, I love dog. her dog. Have you seen her dog? No, I haven't seen it yet. Beautiful little French bulldog, man. You know I'm a bit dog obsessed at the moment. She's so, in New York. I'm going to New York in a few weeks. Are you? Yeah, yeah. You were? Are, are you, oh, you were telling me. You that yeah. the other day, we're going to yeah. have to record earlier at the end of September, but. Yeah, we don't have to worry about we'll that. Sort out. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be back in about 15. Great chatting to Molly, as always, the fighting pride of Liverpool. And now we are finally rejoined by the fighting pride of Liverpool, Miss Molly McCann, who takes on Diana Belbita on October 18th in Boston. Uh, Molly, before we go anywhere near that fight, please tell me everything about your new dog because he is absolutely beautiful. That French bulldog is gorgeous. Right. So when. When I won in, uh, where was it, in Greenville. Um, sorry about that train, guys. No hassle. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, I won a fight and I came home and I just felt like there was something missing. And then um, me, me mum got a, a chihuahua called Elvis. And then I, I just said, to, I live at me nan's own. I, I was just like, oh, nan, I think we need a dog. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. So... 
uh, one of my mates, Tabby, is like a French bulldog breeder. And I was literally, I was like, I was in Ireland, I think it was like two and a half weeks ago, and I was training in Dublin. And um, I just seen, I just seen, there was four puppies, and I just went, I want that one. Um, and then that was it. Frank. Frank is Frank. a great name. Oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> and do you know what? You know, he's got little scouse brows as well, his eyebrows. <laughs> he's got little blondies. So I just, it was a match made in heaven, really, mate. And, do you know, all I do is go to the gym. Either comes with me or me nan will look after him. Come home, have a rest, watch fighting. Go back to the gym, come home, give him a walk, watch fighting. So my life is literally just complete. <laughs> and um, I really understand why people like go to shit when it comes to dogs. Yeah, like, I'm one of them people as well. So uh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a I've got a, a cockapoo. He is um, a very emotional dog. Yeah, but I love oh. him to bits. But um, but I gotta ask you, right? Um, what I was yeah. gonna say was like I, I was just looking at your career trajectory in in 2019, and I was thinking about the first time you were on this podcast, and it was after your 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 first loss in the UFC, and look at what has happened since i mean that last win over arian lipsky is absolutely unbelievable that is a that is a european title fight as far as i'm concerned given your cage warriors lineage and her ksw yeah. lineage but yeah it's it's amazing you know, right it's it, what a turnaround this has been so me as a human being i am happy i am so positive and i just live for each day love each day and i'm thankful for each day and when we first spoke, you could you could tell like the grey cloud that was over me, and I just wasn't happy and settled within myself because of where my career was. So, like, what you do? Would you sit there in a in a rut and just allow every day to pass you by without trying to better yourself, or do you fucking go and grab it by the balls and go and get it? And um, the loss was my fault. All it was me. The, the last few wins has been my best friends, my coaches, my family, my partner. Everyone has pushed me through. And ultimately, it's me who's getting in their training. And ultimately, it's me who's in the cage, who's winning. But all these people have, have given me so much positivity. And you just can't keep a good person down. And I am so thankful and lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Honestly, I was in Santorini last week for my two best friends' wedding and there's 46 of us and every single fucking day I just realised, oh my God, how lucky am I in my life? And then I said to the girls, when I was on the Hindu, we was in Budapest and I was like, oh girls, I think I'm going to get a fight and then the Lipsky call came and then I was literally in this villa on a cliff top sitting on a... um, on a infinity pool with me mates and it was the day before the, the wedding so we're all talking about our pits and falls like what's the best part of the week so far and what's the worst part and then and then i just get a text off graham boyle and going yo 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 meatball and i literally just went girls take the phone and just fucking tell me where you, where it is, where it is. <laughs> and they went I said I wanted to fight in Madison Square Garden, but I also said, if it's not MSG, just give me Boston. Just give me Boston, and they give me Boston. So I'm like, I am just, I'm like a kid at Christmas eating cake every day. Like, oh. <laughs> you love Boston as well. The TD Garden's an amazing arena as well. Oh, oh my God, I know. And then when I seen that, this Boston Celtics, what is it? The, the Boston, Boston Celtics, Celtics, yeah, player, and the Bruins, yeah. I was like, I was like, fuck off. And everyone's like, Molly, you know you're Irish. I think you should come out with your Irish flag and yes. just like get and all this, that, and the other. And I was like, look, 
I'm Irish heritage. I fucking love Ireland, but I can't be like. <laughs> yeah. I'm going swave England just because I'm going to fight somewhere that's Irish based. And everyone's like, no, but the crowd's get you behind you. I said, the second I land one punch, they'll be fucking behind me. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I don't have to go swave allegiance. Everyone knows how much I love Ireland and how love how yes. much I love the fact my heritage is Irish. Yeah. But I'm not pro- I'm not fucking turncoat in my own country. <laughs> But I this... get enough. Of, I get enough of that as it is anyway. Yeah, because yeah. I'm a scouser. People go, "Oh well, you're English. You just say that you're a scouser and you're on English." It's like you can just never, can never please the masses. But I'm just, I'm staying to watch true, and I'm English at the end of the day. My family's Irish. Absolutely, yes, and and we are happy uh, to have you as one of our own, of course. Um, but th- yeah. this is um, this this uh, fight could lead you into a, a situation where you're on a three fight win streak. And that's huge in this division, right? Are you aware of that? Like, I mean, you're you're getting close. Like, just that that trajectory, though, that kind of consecutive winning, that does a lot yeah. in this division, right? Are you aware of that it, going into this fight? So, Old Molly, before the loss, would have absolutely ate it up, absolutely fed me ego and fed me to be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking get it by this time, this time, and this time. Mm. And you know what? As I've gained more experience at the higher level. I am just enjoying every fight camp as it comes. I am getting life lessons from everything that I'm going through. And when it's going to come, it's going to come. And I'm not going to force it and I'm not going to push it. Because, you know, I turned down a fight. Um, I got a short notice fight uh, a week before I was going to, to Greece. And it's the only fight really I've ever turned down. And I just went, I can't, I cannot miss this wedding. Uh, and it was a foot, it was. It was for China, August thirty first, and I just thought, I'm not, I'm not rushing it now. I'm, I'm only doing what feels right. Do you know what I mean? And, and then they come back with the, with the Boston fight, and I just thought, if I, in my eyes, I was tested with the first fight when I lost, and I tested everything about me, like, my strength of character, my resilience, uh, my mental fortitude, and then, the. UFC London fight was more willingness to win and prove and like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put me asleep ever to beat me and then that last fight just proved I'm not a fighter now this is the one this is the fight that I've got I feel no pressure I know how good I am now I know that I'm meant to be there and I know I'm gonna fucking finish it like like I will out and out say my game plan is to finish this girl in the first round and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to force it by saying, by punches, by this, by that, by the other. How it's going to come, it's going to come. I'm just going to apply that much pressure. She's just not going to be able to fucking deal with it. And then what comes from that will come from that. But I'm not, I'm not going to start forcing. Mm. And I'm not, and and it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, but I've seen how quick, how quick this game changes and it can spin on its head. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm just enjoying the moment and every fight and I just want to keep fighting all over the world and meeting new people. Meet like every time you go to UFC events, you meet a fighter who ends up being your new best mate. I've been on three cards with Eric Spicely now and I'm just absolutely loving it. <laughs> Is he your new bestie? Yeah, so me and him we was at Liverpool, Greenville, and now we've got Boston. I was like, How oh, boss is that? Uh, Gillian Robertson, the girl who beat me, is on the same cards and we've been like liaising, like, Oh, I can't wait to see yeah. Um, do you know, like I said to her, I said, I want you to batter this Macy Barber and then let me get here after you. Because I just, <laughs> I'm like, is that what I was like before I got beat? Is that, because I don't think it was. 
But I was just so positive and I knew what I wanted. And this is what this girl wants. But she's fucking doing my head and go. <laughs> you Macy Barber, so, is she just too much yeah. for you? Like as in too uh, kind of prone towards kind of greatness and stuff like that. I don't think you were ever like that. I don't think you ever touched on like, you know, uh, insulting, insulting your it. opponents or anything. You were just confident, you know? Yeah, I mean, I never tried to be disrespectful. I just feel like she can have like that um, without offending anyone. But you know the the Americans and how they have to win everything to do in sports, and they're the best at everything. Um, like I get that from when I used to play football. The soccer players were like that a lot, and I kind of get that in here. And um, I messaged Gillian Robertson. I said, "You're the fucking humble, you girl." I said, "And you got that going into people's hometown and putting them out. So can you just go and shut here up, please?" <laughs> <laughs> would you? Is that is that a fight you would like in the future, or are you just kind of having fun with Gillian? Um, yeah, like I'm happy for Gillian. I, I'd like um, I'd like to win this one and not look beyond it. Yes. But after this, I'd like a top fifteen or a top ten. I believe I'm worthy, and I believe I don't know how Macy Barber's like top ten in the world when she's had one win in our weight division. Right. Um, I just I, like I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? So she's yeah. I was going to ask you, right, because I find it like, I mean, so many people are, and I'm not trying to ask you to call out Valentina or anything like this, but the idea that Valentina is on this pedestal that the rest Why of the, the, the rest Why? of the division can't touch. You know, this has become a narrative. Every time she fights, everyone's like, um, you know, nobody in the flyweight division is going to be able to challenge her. And I'm like, I, I can't imagine that sits well with Molly McCann. You know, not that you're well, putting your finger in her chest or anything, but... No, so I think if it came down to me and A, it's like... Um, I know how good Joanna Janjacek is and she got like done right she got done but I feel like I'm a bit stronger I'm smaller and more compact she won't take me down and it'll be a, it'll be a stand it'll be a stand up fight most definitely but she hasn't fought anyone with footwork like me who's who Right, she can kick me in the head and try and knock me out. I'll hit the floor and bounce straight back up and come again. Like, there'll be no quit. And I just think it would be an unreal fight. Um, but as my as I'm ascending, I feel like by the time I get to her, she might be on the descent a little bit. I just can't see the UFC rushing me or, or just throwing me in. Mm. Because like I, I'm four fights deep and I'm still not fighting top 15. So I don't know what their plan is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but does it tell the division put... short though when they're kind of saying like this? She's invincible essentially. You know what I mean? Like, do you, or do you yeah, think well, that look, she deserves it's it? A bit of, it's a bit. Look, she's an unreal mixed martial artist, but it's always going to be propaganda at the end of the day. What I learned in my last fight against Ariane Lipsky was. Um, the internet said all this and all that about me. Like, I'd be out to meet death. Like, um, I, I only just scraped it against. Catuera, and I just went in and exceeded anyone's expectations. Unbelievable! And I and I stuck to a game plan, and I I was five inches off her reach in hands, and I was four inches off her reach in height. So I should never have been able to get in on this scale, and I still did. Do you know what I mean? So I'm um, I'm always going to give the best, the, the ultimate best that I can give, and the best version of myself that I can. And Scouts don't turn down fights or aren't put off. We think that we're the best in the world and we can beat anyone. And why not? I'm not in this just to have a go. We'll just make top five. I'm in this to make history. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm, absolutely. I've got to ask you about Leah McCourt because I know, as you said, when you're over here training in Ireland, you spend a lot of time with Leah. I've asked Leah about this friendship you guys have. I love it. Um, yeah. And I just yeah. wanted to know about, you know, your what do you think of Leah as a fighter? Like, how far can she go? Because she's still very early on in her career, of course. I said to her after you win this, you start throwing title shots out there. Like, you, you start asking for title eliminators. I've never met someone in my life another female who has work ethic like myself and I think Leah can sometimes surpass mine Um, she's just someone that I look up to so much and we just we're we're selfless for each other like if it's my camp she'll she'll pay to come over for me if it's her camp I'll pay to go for her like when I go over I stay in her daughter's bed and her daughter like stays in with her and we're there's like I have like a little group called Irish Gratitude and it's got um Ryan Curtis's gay friend Emma in it. It's got it's <laughs> I hope got Ryan isn't mate. in it. <laughs> it's got our mate Una here and me and it's just all about being positive and we all have the same outlook on life. Um we all want the best for each other and there's no there really is like if she got a world title and I never did, I'd be so I'd be more happy for her than I would be for myself. Yeah. And um, and she will change Bellator featherweight division when she believes in herself. She has when she's on it. I mean, she's she's a world she's world level, and she didn't win the the IMAFs and all that for nothing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And 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 I think her last fight, she. I'm not even sure if she publicised what she went through, but she literally, her body went through a lot, and she was she was broken for that fight, and and to fight in Dublin with with the atmosphere like what it was was just like she'd never ever experienced. But now she knows a way, and now she is aware of how good she is. I'm like Leah, I think I didn't start becoming this person that I am now until I was like eight, nine pro fights deep. You're three deep. So just imagine like I'm looking up to you now and you're only three fights deep in your career. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um I'm literally going over fight week four it will help her cut weight uh corner air I think and then shoot home the next day I've Kate Twarry's Liverpool and then she'll be coming over to my fight. It's just That's it's brilliant. what you do. It's what, it, you know, it reminds me of like Ronda Rousey when she had the four horse women and the bonds that they are. Yes. When when women are kind of like shunned a little bit or, or not always welcomed, which is very rare, but we've had the same kind of upbringing where we've had to fight over adversity to get to where we are. And I'm not trying to be some big like feminist. And, like, no, no, you're, you're completely correct. But, yeah, but it's just like that, that's joined us together really. Do you work with Owen when you're out there? I know, of course, your next generation, yeah, Paul yeah, Rimmer, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. But do you work with Owen when you're over there? And what's that like? Is it is it just something different, basically, to keep keep the mind guessing kind of idea? Is it? Um, I'm a I'm a firm believer of. Um, I've always travelled and trained, and I've always known where my home is, and I've never got them too misconstrued. I'll never leave next gen. Um, but Paul Rimmer is really happy with us. Go and get learning and, and new training partners. You've got Jay Harris and Ryan Curtis. Very good fighters. And, and, and Leah there for me to train with. And then Owen's brain. I, I'm just, we, we work exactly the same. His combinations and the way he coaches is exactly the way that man thinks and the way that I coach or the way that I train. So 
it's really nice um, every, say every two months, every three months, just to go over for a week and just mix it up. Is he? Is it? Do you feel like it's it's helped your striking because you're already such a an established boxer? You know what I mean? Like this. That's what I was kind of thinking. So, like does yeah. It... So what I try and do is I try and take away um, a bit of a coach's philosophy or what they're really good at. It, put it in my game, see if that works. And Owen's really good at basic footwork and um, and drawing drawing stuff on and countering. So I've actually. Every warm up he does is very similar, and I've started doing the exact same when I'm back home. Amazing, amazing. Final one, Molly. Um, Paddy the Baddy is back in action at Polaris uh, against Stevie Ray. Um, has has yeah. he been in the gym? Have you seen him? How is he looking? Of course, yeah, everybody right. in Europe is uh, are big fans of the Baddy, of course. Yeah, so I've actually just been with him today, and um, I'm just going to be going up the stairs and. No, so I might get a bit muffled because I've no, got my lefty suitor. Um, <laughs> I just walked in today. I said, fucking hell, lads, you're looking lean, aren't you? Um, because we keep missing each other because I don't go in on days that easy and sometimes I'm going to And he's just he's starting to get that little spark back again because he's competing. He's been cutting his weight. He hasn't stopped training. And I just really can't wait for him just to be able to get out there, silence a few knobheads, get that good endorphins again, and prove to the world like, how fucking good he is. Like We we forget everything that he did when he was like 22. He's only so 24, he's had, yeah, like it's so young. Yeah, so he's had a couple of years to like, he's had about three operations, and he's, um, his, his knuckles like nearly ready back for sparring now, so his knuckle, his wrist, sorry. So, um, yeah, he's, he's on his way. He's on his way. We're all on our way. Next Gen's really good at the minute. Brilliant. So. Molly, thank you so much for giving us so much time. Um, always, one of the stars of this show, it has to be said, the fans love when you're yeah. on. So thank you so much, and we'll all be in your corner on October 18th. No problem. Uh, thanks very much, and I'll catch you later. Cheers. More support. pictures of the dog, yeah? Hey, Frank Mac the Frenchie, get on the Instagram. <laughs> Thanks so much, Molly. All the best, my boy. No problem, lads. See you later, love. Bye. Always a pleasure to speak to Molly McCann. Oh, uh, she's gas. She is. She's a legend, isn't she? Um, never get tired of speaking to Molly. And she's one of ours, as we discussed on the podcast. Yeah, We're also Irish her. Yeah, yeah. She's related to um, our own Katie Taylor, would you believe? Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. what's the, what's the the cousins or something? I think or? it's yeah, second cousins or something like oh, that. Right, they okay. share an uncle or something like that. I, I can't remember. Okay, I, yeah, I very. And the stuff at Leah McCourt was really interesting as well. I enjoyed that interview. It was very good. Thanks um, very much, Noel. Leah was um, just just the work rate. I thought was fascinating. Like, yeah. If Leah's out working, Molly McCann, she's she's going to go. A terrifying prospect. That is that scares me. That does. But in fairness to Leah, like you 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 know we see her on her Twitter and her Instagram. She's mainstream ne- McCourt. She's, she's never. Never off um, out of the gym, like in France. And she's always, she's either just traveling to train or training. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty it's much mental. it. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. It's mental. Um, let's have a look at this UFC Shenzhen card. It's um, a thin card, Peter. Sorry, it's a thin card to say the least. It's it's not stacked. <laughs> it's definitely not stacked. Um, at the top there we have Wei Li Zhang or Zhang Wei Li. I'm not too sure. I always get that wrong. Yeah, I don't. Who know I either. think is a ferocious, she's ferocious savage. contender there. Um. This is a big deal, right? Because the UFC have just opened the uh, performance Jeez. center in in China. 
what would it mean to the UFC to have a Chinese champion here? Like, because I mean, this took a lot of people by surprise, right? Like well, when this well, fight well, was announced. Well, I think I think that's I think that's the the tactic here. You know, I think they really do believe that uh, the challenger here. Uh, Zhang Weili, I don't even know. I don't, really don't know. Who, is it Weili Zhang? Weili Zhang, yeah. Weili Zhang, yeah. Is way they. I'm not sure if, if, what way they put the name. It doesn't matter. Okay, right. Shit. I'm just talking shite now. That's here. a good 15 but, seconds. But I think, I think, the UFC generally think she's in with a shot here, and I do as well. And I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Look at the, the people she's on. She's beaten. Like she just smashed it in their last two fights with Jessica Agler, Tisha Torres. You know, very, very high-level opponent. So it's no walk in the park for Jessica Andrade. Anyone thinks it is, they're sorely mistaken. So yeah, yeah, what she did to Aguilar on the ground was pretty yeah. stunning. Like, I it mean, was. to submit someone from your guard as, as, as experienced as Aguilar is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and I believe that it's it's nearly helping her going into this because usually when it's a title fight and you're at home, the pressure is huge. Whereas... Jessica's a far more prominent fighter internationally. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not it's not putting the same pressure on Zhang the way it usually would, say, as a hometown title challenge. Mm. Like, I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's it's a very dodgy fight for Andrade. Like, Definitely. I mean, Jessica's a, a savage. Don't get me wrong. Here. But, she, yeah, I, I really feel like Zhang has a, a skill set that can beat Jessica. She's a toughness about her as well. She's gritty. She's grindy. She's very determined. methodical. Methodical yeah. in there as well. Like, she's she has a, a, a definite game plan, as does Andrade, to be fair. Like, she just marches you down and starts swinging hammers at yeah. you, which I love to watch. But I do feel as though people will be underestimating Zhang ahead of this. Big time. Yeah, I think everyone is. And um, I'm very interested in the way this pans out. And I think, you know, even in terms of the UFC, what they've done and why they've matched, put this match together in China is because I think they even know the matchmaker, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard, know that this lady can really cause an upset here. And I would not be surprised if we did with a Chinese champion come Sunday morning. I, I really wouldn't. No, um, I wouldn't be either. I, I'm not sure I'd be betting on this fight. Just, just, just say it that way. I don't normally bet in the fights. But um, generally... I am. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting on the fence here with this one, Pizzi. I don't know what way it's going to go. Yeah, uh, Zaliski De Santos takes on Jilang uh, Li, Li Jinglang. I'm not too sure which way it goes. But um, <laughs> in leech. the co-main event, the Leech, yeah, yeah one of our faves, a big fan. But you know what, Zaleski De Santos doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. He's on a seven-fight win streak. We, we're shouting from the rooftops Jesus. about Leon Edwards. I mean, this guy is getting the Leech. In China, man, <laughs> that's a yeah, rough. That's, that's a rough that's draw, a, man. That's, that's a rough draw. But as you said there, you know. Lost his UFC debut to Nicholas Dalby and, and hasn't looked back since. Yeah. And taken out some big names as well. And, and, you know, the likes of Lyman Good, former Bellator champ, yeah. and Sean Strickland, very gritty opponent, and Curtis Melander, Omari Akhmedov. And that's, that's, they're no fucking. Good laundry list, isn't it? They're no, uh, they're no pushovers. And, and, you know, it is a good fight. And I think the top two fights are just so much better than most of the cards. Like, look, let's talk about Cara, uh, Koi Kara France. He's yeah, one of lovely, your favorite fighters. Fighter. Love, um, love to watch him. He's fighting De La Rosa. That's going to be a good fight. At flyweight? Yeah. But it's interesting. Like, what, what are they doing with this flyweight stuff? Like? <laughs> so don't even think about it anymore. Like Joe Benavidez is online for his 15th flyweight title shot. It's it's fucking mad. Like what, yeah. what are they doing? Release half the roster and then, oh, let's let's just get it back again. Yeah, lads, doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. But Kai Car France is a really fun fighter to watch. Always involved in good fights. And yeah, that is a, that is a good fight as well, in, in fairness. Mark De La Rosa as well. And, you know, uh, coming off a loss to Alex Perez, but you know a tough, tough dude as well. So interesting. But bar that, now you couple know. of um, there's a couple of former M1 Challenge uh, champions fighting on on here, both undefeated. Mozbar Ivloviev takes on uh, Zen Hong Lu, and um, 
who is it? Is it Ibragimov takes on Da Eun Jung? So I mean, that's interesting enough. Also, one of um, Peter Yan's stablemates, Damir Ismagulov, takes on Tiago Moises. So that's that's a decent fight. Like it's just it's lacking the drawing power for me. I just don't see my mates going to me here, man. Where are you watching the UFC Shenzhen card this weekend? <laughs> I don't imagine that's going to happen. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I totally agree. Um, it's me and Galerme on, on on this buzz this weekend. To, to be honest, yeah, I'm probably going to record it. I'm not going to lie. How dare you? I don't think I'll be staying up to watch this. Uh, you know, How dare you? <laughs> listen, we have to be more selective these days. That's my excuse. And uh, listen, top of it, love it, great fight. Um, top three of them. But you know it doesn't, and the UFC have done a shit job on promoting this as well. And this, well, side I don't know. Are you in China? No. Well, here I'm talking <laughs> about you know for 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 an American, well, not an American, but you know for for a general audience, I suppose, and the United States. I don't. Think there's a lot of people very interested. It is thin. It is thin. Let's not let's not lie. We don't it lie. is. We, we tell how it is, Pete. For our uh, grappling nerds, our friends, uh, Polaris Eleven is on on uh, Saturday as well in Manchester. And it does have some MMA fighters of note on there. And my good friend, Munchie Kara, is fighting Wagner Rocha, which is uh, very, very good. Uh, Munchie would have been known uh, for being Dylan Dennis's close uh, training partner during the Marcelo Garcia days. <laughs> they are training elsewhere now. But Chris Fishgold, former Cage Warriors champion, is taking on Mark Diacase. Who's a fight booked. Former Bama champion on uh, in a 170 grappling bout. Also, Paddy Pimblett will be taking on Stevie Ray. Who also is a fight booked. <laughs> so that's going to be an interesting one. Um, that's crazy, man. I, I, this, that's a big risk. The UFC, what's the story with that? Like, is there is there no thing in their contract saying, like, they could easily go in there and, you know, pull a... Oh, yeah. Pull, pull in, in so we saw with Brett Johns. Like we that. saw with Brett Johns when Reds are competed there uh, around the time of that Cardiff, Cage Warriors Cardiff. It was late. I think it was about yeah. December. He done his knee against uh, Tom Halpin, an Irish guy. He lives around here um, on Southside. But um, Southside, no, he's here. actually he's from the country. He just trains here. But um, also, just of Irish note, there, Kieran Davern, um, an MMA veteran from Ireland, a great grappler, a really great grappler. My friend Collie, um, who's a really good grappler as well. Uh, he's from the Royal Grappling Academy. He was saying to me, he goes. The most I've ever been battered in my life <laughs> is when Kieran Davern showed up on the mats. He said I was completely helpless for uh, the duration of the round. So uh, hope you enjoyed that shout out, Collie. Um, uh, shining a big light on you there, son. <laughs> but um, yeah, decent card. I will be tuning into that. I'm looking forward to seeing Paddy as well because it's been a long time. He's had the hand injury. Yeah. I think it's his wrist or his. He's had. He's had well, a no, lot. It was his knuckle, I think, and his wrist and yeah. stuff like that. So he did a few of them. Lad was fighting. His body yeah. was being sellotaped together before yeah. he was fighting. I, like, and I just, I just, I just want a bit bizarre like you know Mark's obviously he's obviously fighting um, you know Lando Lando Vanada, Vanada, and, yeah. and um, Stevie's fighting Michael Johnson Michael Johnson that was announced today in, in um, Copenhagen I think it is no it's not oh it's Singapore sorry yeah. um, so at least I redeem myself um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I, I just think it's it's stupid um, unless they're getting you know good books for because we've seen it happen yeah, we've, we've seen, seen it happen, it happen. We, I do agree and I think you know maybe the UFC needs to do something better if you could see Niall's face now, it's incredibly sceptical about the whole Polaris thing. But it's not um, that. I just, you know, I've, I've more of a vested interest in seeing good mixed martial arts fights than, than jiu-jitsu competitions. Speaking of grapplers, okay. let's go. 
Let's go on to our third guest of the evening. You see here, he's pointing at me when, he, when he's saying shit, and he's going fucking grapplers and all this fucking shit. Let's talk to the Olympian, the latest European that has signed for the UFC. It's Mark O. Madsen, Greco-Roman wrestling legend. Let's have a word with him. We spoke to him. He's over in Vegas at the moment, so we'll see you in about 10 minutes. And now, as promised, we are joined by the Olympian himself, the latest European fighter to sign for the UFC, a wrestling legend, Mr. Mark O. Madsen, who joins us from Las Vegas today, Mark. How are you, and why are you in Sin City, of all places? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you very much. Very happy to uh, to be signed by the Uf- UFC. Um, and I'm here in Vegas, you know. I'm here, uh, I'm here preparing for my upcoming fights. I'll, I'll have my UFC debut in... Uh, 28th of September in in Copenhagen, yes. and I'm here in Vegas doing a camp with, uh, you know, my manager um, Ali uh, Dominance MMA, and my my coach Martin Kampmann. He's here for two weeks, um, so just here preparing, getting ready. Um, so I mean, the reaction to you being signed, Mark, it was huge. Um, I've watched you come up through the Cage Warriors ranks, but this seems to mean an awful lot to the people of Denmark and the people of Copenhagen to have you on this first card in Denmark. Um, I mean, have you been blown away by the reaction to uh, the announcement of your signing? Well, I have to be honest and, <laughs> and say yes. It, it it has been an amazing reaction from. And and I've gotten a lot of support and yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm just so happy to be a part of uh, UFC Copenhagen. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was looking at your career. Obviously, you uh, you are a decorated Olympian. You went to the 2012 Olympics. You went to the 2016 Olympics, taking bronze and silver respectfully. But you you were competing in MMA while you were competing in wrestling. This is this is crazy for for an Olympian, a person who is dedicating their whole life to one sport. You are also competing in MMA. Am I correct in thinking this? Uh, yes, I did. I did compete in MMA back in two thousand thirteen and fourteen. Uh, however, I was I was signed with the the National Wrestling Federation, and I was not allowed to do any. MMA preparation uh, whatsoever actually uh, and I think that was I was locked down for six months a year so I had very little time to to do MMA back wow. in 2013 and 14 so so actually in, in my calculating I, I retired 18 months ago and decided to move into MMA with you know 100% focus so it has really been a really, really short time in in the sport of MMA, and I'm, you know, very happy to to be signed by the UFC in in such a short time. That's amazing. So, I mean, you you could, as you were building this undefeated record, you couldn't even give your full time to the sport. That's crazy. That is that's insane that you could do that. So, I mean, you must feel as though you are taking huge leaps in development now that you can just focus, as you say, for the last eighteen months on MMA by itself. I am. I, I have to take huge leaps. Um, I just joined the, you know, the world's toughest MMA league in the world, and you know, I'll, I'll be facing some of the best MMA fighters out there. So I have to to take enormous leaps in my my development as a mixed martial artist. 
And and that's actually why I'm here in Vegas, you know, to compete with, train with the best in the world, have my coach, Martin Kampman, flew over, um, you know, work with the guys at Extreme Couture, really to to do this 100%. I'll tell you one reason I'm very excited for you to be involved in the UFC. For many, many years, um, the Americans have said, oh, Europeans can't wrestle. And now we have a guy coming in, coming in with a bronze medal and a silver medal in the Olympics and many medals in the world championships. You you can show all these Americans that the Europeans are, in fact, very good at wrestling, right? Well, the Americans are great at wrestling, uh, especially freestyle. Right, and they've also had some amazing uh, Greco guys. I do believe I might be the most decorated Greco Roman wrestler ever to be signed by the UFC. Wow. When you take a look at my my wrestling uh, credentials, but that I mean that's one thing. That's looking back, uh, yeah, in a very long, impressive Greco Roman wrestling career. Now I'm in the MMA, and I <laughs> I can only aspire to to accomplish the things that some of my colleagues Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, Matt Lindland have accomplished in, in MMA because they have you know they have done really, really well in the sports and I, I consider them to be true American heroes and legends of, of the sport. Who who do you feel as though when you at all across all different kinds of wrestling styles, who do you believe is, is the best wrestler in the UFC? You've got to be right up there, okay? I know Henry Cejudo is obviously a gold medalist. Um, I know a lot of people say a lot of good things about Ben Askren, who competed in the Olympics, and and Daniel Cormier, who has a a very decorated career too. Who who do you think is the is the best wrestler in the UFC? Because you would know far more than me. Well, I. I honestly don't know. I think it's it's important to to view freestyle and Greco-Roman as two different uh, aspects of wrestling. Uh, what I can tell you is <laughs> there are a lot of awesome wrestlers signed by the UFC. You just mentioned a lot of them, and and they you know they are some of the best in the world. I mean, Henry Cejudo, Olympic champion. Uh, you have Komir, you have Ben Askren, you know. UFC is is just stacked with amazing wrestlers. I know that the the Danish people are very proud, and you know, um, you, you went over, and I'm I'm sure it was an amazing experience in in 2012 and 2016 in Rio when you came home with a medal. I'm sure it was one of the most amazing feelings uh, you've ever had in your life. But you know, as you say, you are now in MMA, and this Copenhagen card feels special. It feels like something big for the people of Denmark. Um, do you think this will compare at all in terms of uh, your your Olympic journey, or do you think you know you you will have bigger nights in terms of MMA, or is this as big as I feel it is? Because it certainly feels like when I talk to you and I talk to Nicholas Dalby that this is a hugely proud moment for you guys to go out and represent your country at the first event in Copenhagen. Yeah, well, listen, you have seen Copenhagen. It- it's not only an MMA event, it's an historic MMA event. It's the first time UFC is ever coming, you know, I've ever been in Denmark. So so it will be an historic event. And I, honestly, I'm I'm just so proud, so happy, grateful to be to be able to take part of, you know, being a part of this event. I believe it'll be an amazing night. I can remember the the first time the UFC came to my country in Ireland. Ireland. It, it changed how people saw the sport because before it came here, 
a lot of people thought it was a, a blood sport. They didn't think it was real sport. But after the UFC came, a lot more people begin to realize that, you know, MMA is a real sport. Do you think that's uh, going to help in Denmark? Does Denmark still have um, some issues with MMA as a sport? Or do you think a lot of people uh, believe it is a sport now? When the UFC is coming to town, we are, as of now, we are hitting mainstream media. Uh, it's not only on ground. We are actually hitting mainstream media. Um me signing with the UFC, we've gotten attention from all the major, um, you know, newspapers, uh, online medias. So I I think it's, you know, it's a very, very interesting development uh, going on right now in, in Danish MMA. And and this is this is the pinnacle, you know, this is the big, biggest thing that has ever happened in Denmark. Um, when you have when you have like an event uh, at this level coming to Denmark. So it, it is It is truly, it's unique and, and it will be an amazing night. Does it feel like you and Dalby are team Denmark that night? Does it feel like you guys are, are putting on the, the famous red uh, Danish jersey? Because um, that's what it seems like to me when I talk to you guys. Well, I, I think when, when you sign, you're representing your family, your coaches, your club, and your country. So this definitely feels like something bigger it's an opportunity for me it's an opportunity for Delby to you know step into that octagon and represent not only ourselves but our entire country so it's massive and it's uh i'm very excited (laughs) to say the least (laughs) do do you know much about your opponent i know that he has competed in the ufc um uh, danilo belguardo Um, and have you done much homework do you like to study your opponent what have you found out about this guy I'll, uh, I'll be outworking myself. Uh, I have been outworking myself for the last, you know, months, and I will definitely work like never before to be to be ready. And honestly, it, it's not about who I'm facing. It's about performing at my best. And as we talked about before, I have to take enormous leaps. Um, I have to acquire a lot of technique. A lot of tactic. I have, you know, increased my fight IQ. So there's a, a huge task ahead, and I really, really need to step it 100% and just give it my max. And you know, September 28th, I'll be ready. Do do the does the wrestling community do they support you here, or is it somewhat controversial that you have decided to go from wrestling to MMA? And um, how, how do they feel about that? The wrestling community in Denmark. I have been the the number one guy in Denmark, and you know I've been the guy uh, who's made it possible to do wrestling in Denmark on elite level. Um, so it, it was it was a loss for for you know wrestling Denmark, but I've gotten a lot of support, um, a lot of warmth, and you know what what's really crazy is after the news of me signing with the with the UFC. I see myself on, you know, all the bigger uh, online medias like uh, Wrestling Russia, Wrestling India. So I feel like the the entire wrestling community is actually backing up and and, and supporting me in this new endeavor. That's amazing. Um, when, I, when I think of Denmark, um, of course I think of you, I think of Dalby. I also think of Mads Burnell and other guys that a lot of people want to see added to this card. Do you believe that this will open up the doors for even more 
uh, Danish fighters to join the UFC? Is that your hope? Well, I believe as the attention increases, it will open up for other fighters to to do well um, and maybe maybe take this chance um, of actually being able to support themselves uh, by doing MMA. So naturally, when whenever something like this happens and whenever we get a lot more attention and the whole community grow, not only as, you know, a single club, but a community in Denmark grows, I, I believe it will open up a lot more uh, opportunities for all fighters, not only the top five. Amazing. Mark, thank you so much for this, man. It, it's it's amazing to see your journey and, and to find out that you've only been able to dedicate really full-time the last 18 months to the sport and to see what you've done in Cage Warriors already and to, to come to this huge moment now with your UFC debut. It's going to be fantastic to watch and uh, thank you again for all of your time. A lot of people have been really excited to hear from you. Thank you so much, Peter. All the best, sir. I will see you in Copenhagen, hopefully. The return of the three-guest lineup is completed with Mark O. Madsen. Yeah, don't get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> don't there's get a, used to it. There's a lot on this week. There's a lot on this week. <laughs> a lot of typing for news. Peter tomorrow a lot morning. Of news, yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, how are you feeling, first of all, darling? United got trashed the weekend there. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, was, I was annoyed. Um, it was a tough one. Tough one to take because I think they played actually quite well, but... As I said, you know, they didn't sign a midfielder, some, something they badly needed in this window. And you could t- totally see, the, you know, lack of creativity big time in midfield. I didn't, I didn't watch it. But um, from one disaster to another, uh, I noted your silence on Twitter on Sunday as Ireland were being ravaged yeah, by England. I turned it off. I did. Honestly, I thought it was pathetic. <laughs> It was bad, you know. Like we haven't been beaten. The only team to beat us. This is the start here for you now. The only oh team God. to beat us um, by more points ever was New Zealand. Or is New Zealand? So yeah. that is not Are they a good, good at look. Rugby, yeah? They're crap. <laughs> I, I beat them. Not they're very good, but it was just embarrassing. There was no ideas. I think we're very, very predictable. And it's we're going to be shy at the it's World typical Cup. Typical Ireland play so well outside the World Cup years. Go into a World Cup, shit and it the just, bed. It just shits the bed. And shit the bed. I, I listen. I'm a little bit worried that we won't get out of the group because Japan are a very, very good side. They've been preparing for this World Cup, and listen, they might target that that game against us. I'm worried. I'm they worried. brought me over for a seminar there earlier in the year just to show them how to rook. Oh, that's why you were there. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Rooking is a thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and you can you can tap people out now on the ground <laughs> when you're there. But um, leg locks. And yeah, shit. I thought it was an absolute shit show. I, I tried to watch that rugby yeah, match, and I was me and Elaine. Who don't know a lot about rugby, all we took away from it is Ireland are not very good at rugby. Interesting point. A lot of the Lancer lads in preseason, they actually brought them up to Chris Bow. They worked with Chris Bow before, who's Gracie Barrett oh, yeah, Dublin. Yeah. He's a he's a so savage man. There is the links there, obviously, between uh Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and um The and main link being I beat the shit out of the It's the grips and the locks and, and, and um you know when you're tackling, I think yeah, they, yeah. they interlink. Um, Seemed to work well for him there on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they won't be doing that anymore, eh? But, uh, is nah. your man Haskell good at rugby though? Like, I mean, yeah, listen, the guy set seventy-seven caps for England. Um, is that not common though? No, that's like a lot of caps, man. Um, Rugby's treacherous game. Like, I mean, like seventy-seven is a lot of like a lot that of is a lot. You know, a lot of physicality, a lot of brute bloody force hitting. Is your that body. not an issue though? Like, I mean, in terms of like, yeah. I mean, something that's talked about a lot, a lot in rugby is the concussions and stuff. Like and that. I tell you, I watched something really interesting on concussion last night. It was actually on Netflix. Um, I'm sure a lot of our American. Um, listeners have have seen this. It's uh, called the Enforcers in the NHL. Oh, you started and, watching and, that. I watched night. it last night, and it was actually really interesting. You learn a lot from. The, I got a, I got about ten, twelve concussions when I was playing rugby. I was younger, hell, a lot man. like, and um, 
it's just the little things, you know, even like it's whiplash effect. It's actually not how um, the actual impact on your head. They were saying a low percentage of the concussions were coming from the fights. It was actually the hits up against the the, neck the boards and your neck whipping around. It's your it's your brain hitting off your skull. So that was really interesting. But 5% actually, which was crazy from the fights, the enforcers hitting each other. The only 5% were concussions. The 95% were actually on the ice uh, around the place. So, yeah, I think, you know, rugby's, rugby's a terrible game for the concussions. You know, you, you, you get tackled, especially in the back row, as you said with James Haskell. James mm-hmm. plays at the back it? of the scrum. Um, so he would have played, you know, six, seven, and eight, uh, as far as I'm aware, during his career. And there's a lot of tackling there, you know, a lot of impact on your body. It's one of the most physically um, sort of dominating positions in terms of running with the ball and, and getting, getting tackled with it straight into guys. So, yeah, listen. It, it but there's no issue. way he'd be fighting if he thought there was something. Yeah. Like, he, his brain would be monitored, right, in that sport, like... Well, so they tell us. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that the guys do a good enough job there to to to, to know how their 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 players' brains are in, in preseason. Like he seems sharp. He yeah, seems, he is. You know, he is. He's a sharp guy. Sky have man as as a pundit a lot of the time. So Richard yeah. and Judy's son. I mean, yeah. goes out with their daughter. That's know? right. Yeah, yeah. So um, you you might have seen him on. He was on Loose Women, and he's been on all these mad sort of daytime programs talking rugby and stuff. No, very articulate guy. He's worked for BT Sport as well in the past with the UFC coverage. He went out to James. Um, he did a little bit of training. He's been, I think, boxing for um, five, six years, and he's been doing jiu-jitsu for six or seven years. So I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, man, to be honest with you. I hope he does. Yeah. I actually, I genuinely hope so he do does. I. Hopefully we'll get a word with James soon. Uh, I have reached out. Um, it did not go well. No. <laughs> but, we'll um, get on to our boy Corbs. He can drop him a line. Yeah, Corbs, man. Corbs will come on. And, Corbs and got a Buster rap for us about this yeah. debut. That would be the best thing. That could if happen. anyone's ever seen Corbs raps, you have to go. Alex Corbisero, the greatest rugby player who ever lived, and he did a rap about Northampton when Northampton won the, the, the Premier League. It was very funny about Saracens. Haskell played for Northampton, right? He did. Yeah, only last year though. Oh, really? Okay, um, okay. So, like, he's that's how you know he's only a year. You know, he, he retired play, this year. Yeah, he didn't play an awful lot of games last season, but um, yeah, he's you know the guy's going to be fit. I think he's going to be a big big problem for. Whoever he's going to get his hands on, and listen, they will match him up. A big problem for the guy who's never fought before yeah, as well. well. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. They'll match him up with someone, um, you know, to his level. But his level could. But if his people. level is seven years of training, sure, surely enough, he should have a opponent with a bit of history. Like, yeah, well, like maybe he will. Yeah, call Pendrick. Are they setting up a Jack Swagger fight down the line? Call Pendrick. Let's get him in there. Let's get the Punisher back. Of, yeah, let's do it, <laughs> let's do it for Ireland, call. But um, yeah, I guess that's all we have for you this week. We've loaded you up with three interviews, um, so he is. You should thank us for that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, see, this is this is the real PT. That's what I get. You thank me. But, um, it is me. But yeah, no, it's been it's been an interesting. And I'm week. also moving house at the moment. Yeah, uh, that is. So it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So um, that is um, that is head wrecking. Um, I wish I was moving country. To be honest, <laughs> but, um, anyone wants to fucking give me a visa, sponsor me, hit us up at Nine McGrath for. <laughs> you know I mean? right, let's just end this shit before we get ourselves yeah, in trouble I'll probably get bloody deported from my own country if that's possible fingers crossed <laughs> right uh, thanks very much for listening we love you it's all about Abu Dhabi next weekend and that featherweight tournament of course on uh, with Pedro Carvalho and Adam Boric representing the Europeans at uh, the Bellator featherweight tournament whatever just, it is. just one for you are you excited about Abu Dhabi the fight card top yeah. two three yeah, the top the top two fights are really good like I mean Khabib's a genuine superstar. Yeah. To be to go and watch him fight, which I have done before, is yeah, it's it is. Honor, it's so. an, it is an honor, definitely. And just to see how he's received in that part of the world, I'm really excited I about it. I can't wait to slate BT Sport next week. Class for well, the you pay-per-view. Can tell me all about it. <laughs> We're going to be fucking talking about it. I'll, I'll just I'll just Facetime you. 
during the fight. No, we'll be talking about it. I'm talking about it at the podcast next week. All right, yeah, yeah. That's pay per view, isn't yeah. it? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. All right, well, look, we'll love you. Give them a kiss, Darren. See you later.